0: what's up guys today on the podcast we talked to martin shervington of plus your business they're based out in wales a really interesting partner of ours um they've acquired almost i think actually over 60 pa- or 60 customers in just over, under three years really amazing stuff so i wanted to have a chat with martin about how he did it what's he well how he sees the business going forward and all that good stuff so without further ado i'll kick it over to the guys Music.
1: Welcome to the DubSpot Partner Podcast, where we chat to HubSpot partners about how they deliver outstanding value to their customers in an evolving technology landscape. And now live from HubSpot Amea HQ in Dublin, here's your host, Luke Curry.
0: Welcome to another... Episode of the DubSpot Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Curry, here in, well, I'm not actually in Dublin, uh, our DubSpot HQ, uh, where the intro says that we're, we're uh, doing this from. I'm actually in my box room, but I'm talking to Martin Shervington out there in Wales. How are you doing, Martin?
1: I am very good. Thank you, Luke.
0: So Martin's business is Plus Your Business, um, and it's one of the uh, kind of up-and-coming partners that we have in the UK, and I really wanted to reach out to Martin, get his take on the business, learn a little bit more about what uh, those guys are doing, uh, and hopefully educate the people out there, Martin. What do you think?
1: Let's do it. (laughs) Let's
0: do it, okay. So how Mm. would you you kind of describe the business? How would you kind of uh, place yourself uh, in the kind of pantheon of the HubSpot ecosystem?
1: We are 100% HubSpot. We specialize in onboarding, and we, as a husband and wife team, have onboarded now, I think it's over 60, 65 people in the last two years or so.
0: That really is incredible. Like for, for people out there, so this is going out to the public as well. I know we'll be sharing this internally and stuff, uh, but that really is an incredible number when you think about it, when you guys became an official partner of HubSpot. When was that? Only a few years ago. That was
1: the start of 2019. So about two and a half years ago. <laughs>
0: okay. So so really uh, stacking up the customers, which is always great to see. Um, and so you, you mentioned that you're uh, you've, you're 100% uh, HubSpot focused. How did you guys come across HubSpot? You know, is this? Uh, did you build a business directly around HubSpot, or was there a business before that?
1: There was a business before that specialized in Google. Really going back 2013, we launched and we were doing AdWords and we were doing Google My Business, and it developed into me educating people using. Um, LinkedIn Learning is actually bought a company um, called Linda. So I created programs for them around AdWords and around reputation management and social media. So I was an educationalist, really, in terms of producing content, building communities online. And eventually, somebody came to me who I used to work with many years ago, and they're in Australia. And it's about 2016. And they said, we want you to do all of our marketing for you from the UK, or for for them, um, from the UK. And the only thing you have to learn is HubSpot. I thought, how hard can it be? And I said, no, actually, I, I, I don't know HubSpot. I'll, I'll try it out, but we'll do then your content marketing, your social media, and so on and so on. And I dived in, and then about two years later, I found myself at the end of this journey having – kind of looked at all aspects of HubSpot from the automations through to the SEO, et cetera, et cetera, and this went, crikey, this is huge. This is, this is is And this is the missing link. And what convinced us was attribution reporting for AdWords. I suddenly could close the loop, and it's like how, how foolish I'd been not to realize this is the missing link, really. And the, the business grew really well. Um, the, the, the client business grew really, really well. And myself and Alisa decided that we should specialize in hubspot so we said right why don't we now become a partner and focus on just growing a hubspot business and that's how it happened very really
0: interesting so before that you were doing like say yeah actually the the creative and the the, yep. the actual uh campaigning uh for adwords and stuff like that
1: yes very much
0: and do you guys still do that now or is that something that you've kind of put this kind of on a uh, kind of a side track or is that
1: we do. So we still do it for a, s- a select number of clients. So generally, what we find is the first three months we get everybody set up. That's the ideal situation: is that that they are just delighted and they are off on their own. But very often they want extra help, and we do offer that and give that. But there's just it's limited time. That's the thing. We are we are specialising on the onboarding. We have around about five six retained clients, and most of the time they stay with us. So we're not the the, the sort of classic uh, retained model of building up lots and lots of um, extra clients and doing it that way, but we will occasionally take people on. Yeah,
0: it's interesting as well because it's gonna it's a different type of business, I guess, than running the the, the traditional retainer business. It's very yeah. much focused on, like I said, the the setup and getting them uh, getting them to get companies to get the most out of HubSpot early on in the in the journey, and then you know maybe servicing them in the long term. Was that Was there? Did you see like a gap in the market for that? Where you, you you know, become specialists there, or is that something that you guys just like to do? Or what? How did that kind of come about from business? It
1: it, it happened because somehow we began to specialize in the CRM, which is quite strange. I know people could look at the CRM and go, "That's the free bit," but actually, it's the data bits. It is the central piece. So. We found that the migrations we're doing from Salesforce, from um, Pipedrive, from Dynamics, all of these, and, and integrations, it was like it's all around the CRM. And then the automations and the piece, pieces and the processes can come off that. But it just meant that we, we, we spend a lot of time getting it right and getting the data so that people can retrieve and report in a way which is about their business. And, and it's just made a big difference to focus on that from the start. So when we build a roadmap out, the first thing is, the, the, the CRM, the first question I'll say is, you know, where's your data housed? And then bit by bit, we gather it together and then structure it into HubSpot. It's
0: a great, it's a great kind of a reflection because that the inflection point of HubSpot's growth has been around the CRM over the last few mm. years, right? So yeah. I know when I started as well, I remember um, that was, it was the freemium model that we were really pushing, Um And it was 2016 or something like that, 17 maybe. Um, And that was like the big push for that year. We were just trying to get as many people signed up on uh, the the free CRM and then we can grow from there. And then we kind of developed a business around that. And now, you know, if you look at our our growth engine, especially in EMEA, has been mostly around um, CRM-based deals. Also, you know, our kind of best-in-class marketing platform on top of that. But like I said, the data is where is what's going to be powering the whole marketing engine anyway. So that, that data is going to be housed in the CRM. Um, so I think that was really uh, it was a really good move on your part to kind of get get involved in that as early as possible because most, as you know, a lot of our partners are really kind of adapting to that this year. Yeah. Um, so you guys, maybe you got a, a head start on that, which is great. Um, and so like, what do you guys, when you think about the business, like what do you guys do really well? Is there something that, uh, the type of project or a type of, um, type of customer that you really work well with or?
1: Yeah, I would say, well, SME is primarily the the audience that we work with. I would say that from about 20 people in the business upwards, and so it may be the largest business, but it probably is around about 200 that we've been involved with onboarding. There's a point that comes when there's a realization in the top tier that, The the spreadsheets are everywhere or the data is scattered everywhere and there's a problem. That's the perfect situation for us to then go, okay, we know we can provide that solution. And when people are starting to look at, okay, we can't report on our um, marketing um, attribution or all of the metrics there or the sales team, there's no transparency. It's like, well, this is great because we can build upon that. So I think that it's when people realize there's a problem that it just makes it a lot easier.
0: Okay, so people, that, and I think that's a nice, up to 200 is a nice kind of size for the UK market. There's loads of companies like that. Yeah, It's a real, it's a big chunk of the UK market. That's what I was, I was doing a little bit of research on that as well. And uh, it's a real dynamic economy in that way with the kind of smaller businesses, you know, small smaller businesses. That's great. And so when we talk about uh, what you guys do really well, what do you prefer to do? Is there any type of projects that you like doing, whether that's kind of like, you know, migrating from Salesforce or Pipedrive or anything like that where you're like, ah, oh, that's great. We can do that. We'll do that really well when you see that type of project. Is there anything in the, out there like that?
1: I see all of those now. I mean, if you asked this maybe a year ago, I, I, I wouldn't have felt as confident. But we've done so many migrations and, and so many integrations now that I, I do feel certain I can say, yes, we can take that on. But interesting, there's a, the questions get better when I'm selling. Like, do you need to move your emails across from Salesforce? And it's like, okay, if you do, then we need to think about this slightly differently. It's, it's things like that, that that experience gives you. I think another thing that we do well is we solve problems. And I don't mean around the spreadsheets. If somebody says, I really want this specific um, outcome or an adaptation of something, then we will go off and... Work with it. And in fact, a few direct reps have come to me in the last couple of weeks and said, We just can't solve this piece. Uh, one person gave an example. Can you create a button that when the sales rep clicks a button within a, a, a business, uh, within a, a, a client business, that they get allocated a lead that's effectively ready to be allocated? And it's like, okay, that's an interesting problem. Well, we solved that this morning and we sent it over to the rep and said, did a little video and showed it. Well, this is how you could do that. And it's things like that, which I think we're getting better and better at because we've got, again, it's more experience. Yeah.
0: It's funny. The experience is, is is a funny thing with HubSpot because when you come in as a, to HubSpot, there's a lot to cover these days because there's so many hubs. If you're, I don't envy a new salesperson coming in trying to get their head around and yeah. they've got no background. Um but you know, when I started, it was just really the the marketing hub was the our main our main kind of hub. So um, it was easier for me to kind of add these hubs over the years. But there is no kind of there's no way to like you know solve for uh, solve for experience other than actually seeing different problems. Like every time, yeah, I I was working the last couple of years uh, on the, the more kind of enterprise space, and every time we get like a RFP there'd be some angle where i'm like yeah hubspot can do that but when we actually dig into it it's going to cost a lot to figure out the integration there or more cost a lot more in time setting it up way more than we thought do you know that way? so yeah, yeah um i think seeing things seeing uh business problems from different angles and trying to use hubspot uh as a kind of a swiss army knife um is a good place to start but it does take a little bit of um uh, a little bit of creativity as, as well that is uh, really gained from experience. So I'm kind of I couldn't agree more with it, what you were saying there. Um, when it when it comes to HubSpot, is there is there anything that you guys uh, I want I want to kind of I'm kind of surveying all of the partners that I'm talking to as well. To say okay, where do you think the platform should be going? If you I stole this uh, this question from G two uh, one of the one of the guys in uh, HubSpot that when he interviews people, but he says, um, what's the if if you had a magic wand, what would you do with the platform or where would do you think the platform should go i mean you've dealt with 60 customers now you know there, you must see some areas where we can improve where we can get better
1: the, the one area that, that comes up so if i look at sales a like at marketing a like at service and you sort of leave ops a cycle it kind of goes over everything but if i look at sales there's nothing that, that comes to mind that i would change except on a client basis when they say, can it do this particular thing? Can you do split revenues based upon likely? And you go, okay, we've got to create that and adapt that. That's That stuff comes up. The one area that I think could still develop further is around service. And I think that, that if I see a pattern uh, as opposed to, let's say, a point solution like Zendesk, uh, not being able to look at the ticket status on a web page, things like that, I'm sure there's more development of that. And in fact, service, moving people across, if you said what's been some of the most difficult areas it, it, it's the training and the implementation aspect we do a lot of that we're very hands-on it, with the service teams and i think partly it's personality and i think partly it's the the, the volumes that they're working at um are dealing with and i also think it's differences like do things get automatic created into tickets some systems do something and there's almost too much flexibility with hubspot compared to other platforms with other platforms this is how it is yeah it's a point solution, whereas on on HubSpot they're going oh, so I can go into the contact record and like look at the deal, and suddenly their their universe has expanded. That makes it more challenging. So I think that there are there's probably just just adaptations. But the other side is, if you say what what would we change, the last year has has shown me how good HubSpot is in so many different ways, and any of the small changes, it's almost like this is time to. to get onto HubSpot. And as, that's what we're seeing. And we're just seeing it, it's easier now for prospects and clients to, to get it. And I think that's the conceptual piece that makes a big, big, big difference. So I don't think there's anything in that sort of macro big picture view that is to be changed. I think it's just small bits that you find that'll be nice if, and then people post it. And then eventually sometimes they get picked up and, and adapted and brought in. But I've realized over the time it's it, it's just because we want something doesn't mean it's a good move that HubSpot has it. And I think the vision of HubSpot, the patience actually, just seems to, it's working. And it's almost don't mess with that bit. It, whatever my biases are, because I want something different on one client's portal, it's just be patient. And it may well come.
0: Absolutely. I think... I could, if you look at the innovation that we've had over the last few years like you said it's been massive from a customization point of view and stuff like that and i agree with the the service aspect i remember when we first brought out service hub i was still on the direct sales team and i found it very difficult to kind of it's a different type of sell when we're talking to uh, yeah. service professionals a lot of the time they don't want to change or they've been working in the same uh system for so long it there's no, do you know what? I always found it difficult to kind of sell them on the upside of changing from uh service. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd go in and I'd say to CEOs or managing directors or or whoever who would be the decision makers, I go in and say it's better to get HubSpot marketing, sales, and service all together because all the data will be in one place. You know the 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 flywheel sale, all that good stuff. They would, you know, buy into that and then say to the the service team, this is that. But I think the service team. You know, when you're working with those guys, a lot of time it, it's not like, you know, um, efficiencies or, you know, revenue changes really change their their day-to-day, right? So no. they want to make no. sure that their life is as easy as possible, uh, their work is as effective as possible. And you have to kind of show them that it's going to be more effective on HubSpot. Um, rather than uh, whatever they're used to and what they're using, maybe for years, you know. So it is a yeah. it is something that we we have to crack. I think we do sell uh, HubSpot in a a really positive way by selling the the kind of the whole suite of uh, of products. That's the most powerful way to yeah, use HubSpot. But we could do a little bit more on the education piece and kind of bring in the service organizations around. Like if you go to our websites, you know the, the service uh, hub is you know, involved in everything that we're doing, but it's not in your face. This is going to help you uh, serve your customers better in this way. I think that might be a, an improvement. So I, I agree with you. <laughs> um, so listen, Martin, the, one of the other things I like to think about or a lot of or talk about rather when I'm speaking to partners is kind of your plans for your, your own business and how HubSpot fits into those. So, and you mentioned that you're a, a husband and wife team, uh, which is really interesting as well. I actually talked to Babel Quest who have a similar uh, setup as well. there. uh, uh <coughs> Uh, husband and wife. So what's the what's the plan for the business? Are you guys going to keep it the the way it is from a headcount point of view? Are you going to be bringing in expertise in different areas? Where do, you, where do you see yourselves in five years?
1: We'll continue to grow as we grow. So at the moment, I counted up how many how many of us there are. So myself and Lisa, we say husband and wife team, but in the background, we've got eight people and there's okay. consultants, okay. and there's a, a, the head designer and there's three developers and so on. And we are growing as a need comes in. So when I was saying about the example of creating that button, for. for, well, that was done by a new consultant. And I thought I'd test them out with something small and see it. And they were fantastic because part of it's down to the communication and part of it's down to the technical um, capability. And part of it, our values is responsiveness. So that's what we're doing is gradually growing um, but it, where we go next is a lot down to the to the sales and and down to how much capacity I have a target. Um, we're we're currently running that around about eight new clients a month. So you know we we've, we've done well. That's great. But I think we can go further. And I think that using all the the systems we use, obviously we use Monday, we use Slack, um, and a few other bits and bobs that help us streamline the processes. And then it's just making sure we serve well so it just carry on as we are but be are specializing on onboard and certainly for another 18 months and say in five years time uh we'll be on a beach uh, okay. margaritas <laughs> no we'll, we'll be doing that anyway but i yeah. think that in five years time we will have stabilized in, in at a different level and i think that it, it does feel that we've got it's, I mean, we're a diamond partner now and it's it's a good stage but we want to get to Elite in about 18 months or within 18 months. So that's just more sort of m- more onboards for us that, that stay connected to us with the managed and then go from there.
0: That's a great plan. And it's interesting that you mentioned the monday.com piece as well because I, if anyone uh anyone knows me or works with me knows that I fiddle around with a lot of different project management tools and stuff. I just love I love new uh software to to make my life easier. But it actually sometimes I've got so many running that it makes things a little bit more hectic, right? Um so you guys are using Monday. I think that if I was going to wave a magic wand, I would maybe suggest HubSpot maybe a projects hub or something like that where it's kind of a yeah, robust really thing. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Food for food for thought out there, uh yamini when you're listening to this you know if you care, if you're gonna to listen to this okay so martin thanks very much for coming along to the Dubspot partner podcast it's been really illuminating to have a chat with you about your business like the proof is in the pudding with partners as i always think and you know if you got over 60 uh 60 <laughs> new customers in a in a few years you're you know outpacing a lot of bigger organizations that have a lot of folks on hubspot as well so i uh, give you kudos for that and wish you all the best uh, for the future
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks. Bye.
1: Okay, cheers.